Welcome to Ask Dr. Julie Hanks, a safe place for healing conversations that educate and empower you to prioritize your dreams, revolutionize your family, and personalize your faith. I'm your host, Dr. Julie Hanks, a psychotherapist and coach offering online courses and programs to help women all over the world heal themselves and their relationships. Join me here every week as I coach a listener through a specific challenge and empower them with tools to find healing. Welcome. I will be joined shortly by Chrissy Powers, LMFT. She's a marriage and family therapist and a creative career coach, writer, wife, and mother of three. And through her work, she encourages others to live their fullest life through unfreezing patterns of trauma and fear and shame. So we'll be joined by Chrissy shortly. We will be talking about self-care and selfishness. So is self-care selfishness? And when does it cross that line? So if you have any questions about self-care or selfishness, you can just put them in the comments. I'll be happy to, uh, to answer those or have Chrissy answer those once she joins me. Chrissy, where are you? Hi. Hi, Chrissy. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Good. I was just asking people watching what they've done today for self-care. And we I have went to therapy, eating, eating and nourishing lunch, walked outside, worked out. So way to go, everybody. Good. <laughs> so today we're talking about is it self-love or selfishness or self-care or selfishness? So let's define like what is how do you define self-care? That's a good question. So I think self-care looks like paying attention to your body and understanding what you're feeling, number one. Mm -hmm. Um, But it also can look like a routine and doing things on a regular basis to sort of like declutter our minds and spend time loving our bodies physically, mentally, and spiritually. Mm. So I kind of like to think of self-care in those categories. It's like, what am I doing that's filling up me emotionally, spiritually, and physically? When those things are all being attended to, that's when I normally feel more balanced and healthy. But that's also not reality to feel like you get to pay attention to all those things all the time. Right. Freak out and think you have to like have all of those balanced. But if you do feel off balanced, then that's probably because you're not caring for yourself in one of those areas. Yeah. Yeah. Usually when we talk about self-care or self-love, people think about physical only, right? Like working out, eating healthy, do you know, loving my body. But I love that you say it's so much more than that. It's, it's oh, yeah. spiritual and emotional and physical. Yeah. And I want to add social too. Like for oh, me, social is huge. It's a huge part of my self-care is getting my time with friends and good conversations and things like that. Yes. Awesome. Definitely. So uh, let's define selfishness. Selfishness. I think probably everybody has a different definition of selfishness depending on their own experience in life. So for me, immediately when you say selfishness, I am triggered by my own inner childhood wounds because mm. I felt like I was a very passionate child mm. and that looked like I only cared about me, but I would just was so fiery and I wanted to understand things and I wanted to, I I had a high drive for things, but I think selfishness is probably just not attuning to the people around you. Mm. 
Okay. So just having it be about you and not being tuned in. I love that. Right. I, I love that. So why do you think so many women confuse self-care as being selfish? Like, why do you think that's so confusing for so many women? I think probably because of patriarchal norms and gender roles. <laughs> that's what I see in my practice mostly. It's so infuriating that we still have to fight for the things that we wouldn't look at men and say, oh, he's, you know, it's the same thing as like, oh, a high powered businesswoman sometimes gets labeled as bitchy, right? Or bossy. Yeah. When a man isn't labeled as that he's labeled yeah. as successful so i would say it's probably because of cultural norms that we oftentimes women are wired to give 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 and expected of that at least mm -hmm. in a lot of cultures traditions and religions that is what is expected of a woman so especially in our society and if you're a mother <laughs> it's almost like you're expected to be selfless and I actually don't think that's a healthy way to mother or raise children at all is, you know, you want them to see that you matter and they, that you have to take care of yourself. So yeah, we're kind of, I know in my work with women, we're flipping that on its head and we're really trying to take back that it isn't selfish to take care of yourself or to take time away mm -hmm. from your loved ones. Yeah. I often will say, you know, self-neglect is actually selfish. So not taking care of yourself is selfish because then you will get sick emotionally, mentally, or physically and have to rely on other people and you won't be able to take care of other people, right? Like you're gonna need all this attention just to get through. So wonderful. You said you'd kind of turn this topic on its head in your practice. Say more about that. What are women coming in struggling with in your practice? Yeah, women are coming in struggling to love themselves, number one, connect deeply to themselves in order to connect deeply to their partner. And they're struggling to find passion and purpose again. I think a lot of women are burnt out. I see a lot of mothers. I see a lot of women in business. And so there's this like energy of burnout. Even if you are a stay-at-home mom, mm -hmm. you can do that in a very masculine way not gender specific but like masculine is very much the go 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 produce produce give and feminine is flow and be and the this like inner knowing that i'm enough right now and so i think when i flip things on its head we're looking at like those types of things and saying how can you tune into you so that you can love yourself more and give yourself right. what you need it's not I know the self-love movement has been great for so many people, but it's not as easy as just looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, I love you. Yeah. It's doing the hard work to say, what's blocking me from looking at this part of me and loving me? What's blocking me from actually going to therapy and doing this work? Yeah. So asking yourself the hard questions, what other strategies do you use to help women really tap into like what they what they want and and kind of their value in life i use a lot of embodiment tools mm. so literally moving the body i teach my clients a method called the nonlinear movement method where we 
basically it's like soul retrieval. We come back to the body and we listen to her. We personalize her because for, I don't know about you, but for many years it was like at war with my body. Like, oh, like, look at this or look at that I don't like or, oh, mm -hmm. I'm period or, you know, the things that we don't like about ourselves when really it's like, these are things that we can celebrate. Um, so I use a lot of embodiment tools. I love Carl Jung, so we use like the shadow, the inner child. I love using archetypes, so feminine archetypes to identify things within ourselves that we either want more of or that we need to let go of. I love using experiential therapy as well, so sometimes it takes like, we'll literally use things in my office to say, okay, this is your anxiety and this is your ideal highest self and this is your partner. And we actually externalize the feeling and we tap into the part of ourselves that knows that we're enough right now. So <sighs> lovely. What I do. That's lovely. So I'm guessing that some people watching will be like, what do you mean by archetypes? <laughs> How, yeah. What do you mean by that? So why don't you say a little bit more about the use of archetypes in therapy? Yeah. Well, I think Carl Jung was the one that like kind of started this within psychology of talking about the inner child and the shadow and the highest self and you can even go deeper into it with like feminine divine archetypes like mary magdalene and things like that i'm kind of new into that but it's been so fun to learn more about these things that can help us to identify like wow like inside of all of us women specifically i truly believe there's an inner child a wounded maiden and a mother and then eventually we enter into crone, which is that wise sage woman. And so those are kind of like the archetypes that I like to pull in with my work, specifically with women. Mm -hmm. I know men have their own that are great, just not as versed in it. So I like to pull in those archetypes mm -hmm. because it's almost like having a picture to either the pain we feel or the strength we feel. And then um, explain a little bit more about, you said you use embodiment techniques. For those people who are, are viewing that are like, what are, what are you talking about? Can you give more of an example of that? Yeah. So embodiment is just recognizing what's happening in your body. And I think in our society, a lot of times we walk around like floating heads. And a lot of times in therapy, we can talk and talk and talk. And we just don't get past here. Or we try to analyze or figure things out. So even today I had a session and someone was just very much like all up here. And I said, let's just stop. And I want you to drop down into your heart. And I want you to tell me where you feel the pain. And she put her hands right here on her sacral chakra or her mm. uterus area. And we went there, but she could only go there when she felt it in her body. So a lot of times just stopping to pause and say, if you're triggered by something, I'll do this a lot. I'll say, okay, oh, ouch, that hurt. Like right here, and I'll take a breath. And I have, I'll feel my inner child right here in my heart space. And I'll ask her, what does she need? Oh, she needs a hug. She needs to be loved. She needs to be told she's enough. That's a simple embodiment practice. Breath work is a simple embodiment practice. I know people do ice baths now that are, you know, can be considered an embodiment practice. Yoga can be an embodiment practice, like I said, nonlinear movement, hip circles, things like that. Things that activate the body that can also activate emotion. That's what I mean by embodiment practice. 
Thank you. Thank you. And it sounds like all of those things can be part of learning how to take care of yourself, like emotionally, right? Yeah. Connecting your, your mind and your body and your, your emotions. I love that. I love that. Why is it important to take care of ourselves? Like, like why does that matter? I always use the car analogy. Like, if you have a car, you get it, you know, get the oil changed, you get two nuts, or else it doesn't run yeah. as well. Um, and so a lot of times we don't give ourselves the attention that we give simple things like our car. Mm. And I had one therapist explain it to me like that in the very beginning, like when I started going to my own therapy, like I think I was in my early 20s. And it made so much sense to me. I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. We take care of the things in our lives. But if we don't do that for ourselves, like we're doing a huge disservice to ourselves. So if you can think of your body as something that um, it gets you places, it takes you places, like you have to love that. And loving it is showing it attention. So whether that looks like exercise or self-care in a form of like a massage or something or going to therapy that's why it's important like you know not only does it have physical benefits but you have emotional benefits as well and this is the one life you have this is it this is what we have this is my my suit that i get to wear through life i yeah. want to treat her well and love her and learn to have a relationship because this is the only one i get and that's the gift mm. Beautiful. So I know I've seen a lot of women and I'm guessing you have too that have have kind of lost joy in their life. Why do you think it's important to prioritize joy? Such a good question. It's so interesting because joy can be found even in the midst of pain. Mm. Um, and I think that's probably it, right? Like that life is full of pain. And the more we can exercise that joy muscle or that inner sense of peace, the more we can grow from the pain. Mm. And that like, isn't just about pain. It's also about the joy and the growth and what we can do with that and how we can love others through that. I mean, mm. I think that's probably why we're here is yeah. just to love better. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I say two, we're here for two things learn how to love number one and to grow yeah. and expand all parts of our, you know, awareness yeah. and hearts and minds. So I, I'm totally with you. Are you okay if we take some questions from people that are yeah. watching? Yeah. Okay. Sure. So if you have questions, there's a little bubble with a question mark and you can type it in there or you can type it in the comments. If you type in the little bubble, I can show the question on screen. So let's see what we have here. Um, I love this one. We exercise our muscles at the gym. We exercise our emotions at therapy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like the, you know, emotional gym. Okay. I have been told before that I may have grown up with a narcissistic parent. I often worry that when I'm taking care of my own needs that I'll tip over and become too self-absorbed. Can you define narcissism as it relates to self-care and selfishness? That's an awesome question. Yeah. My first initial thought was what, because you're asking this question and you're aware of it, <laughs> I mean, so you went there too. Yeah. I went the exact same place. Yeah. You are a self-aware or you are self-aware and you are conscious of others if you're asking that question. So I would say 
you shouldn't fear being a, becoming a narcissist. I, no one ever really does become a narcissist like that. It's more of an innate wound that happened in childhood that formulates as a personality. So as now, it's not, not like I'm going to become a narcissist because now I have to do all these things um, to take care of myself. It doesn't work like that because you have an awareness and an empathy for others. So number one, I wouldn't worry about that. You probably have narcissistic wounds. So wounding from your, your narcissistic parent. So self-care is probably very, very important for you even more. And if you have more of a, an addictive personality, like I resonate with that, <laughs> I can often get very rigid with my, the things I like. And then I feel like I have to do that or else I'm not going to be okay. That's what I would be more aware of is, am I getting too rigid with this? Mm. And am I okay with like, if I don't get to go to the gym today, how will I take care of myself? And maybe that simply looks like just checking in with yourself when you go to bed and checking in with your emotions. That's, that's self-care as well. So just remember to add the flexibility into your life. Like no one ever does anything perfectly. Self-care can't be done perfectly. Therapy can't be done perfectly. So just remember that flexibility is available to you. Mm, I love that. Thank you. Okay, here is another question. I sometimes feel like it is selfish to go on my own faith journey different than my parents. What's your advice to not feel this way? So good. That I resonate very deeply as I've gone on my own faith journey. And I would actually call that a little bit of religious trauma mm. because we all deserve to go on our own faith journey. We all deserve to have a higher power that we feel safe with and resonate with. So if you're feeling, I think the word was guilty. Selfish. Selfish. Yeah. That is probably from conditioning. Mm -hmm. So I would label it as that. Like when I feel selfish or I feel scared or I feel bad for thinking these new things or trying these new things, that I have to check in with that part of me. Is that my higher power? Is that my highest self saying that? Or is that my wounding? Is that mm -hmm. my conditioning? And most of the time it's your, it's your conditioning. And it really helps to have a therapist to walk through those things with you. Just personally, that was what helped me because deconstructing your faith or you know what you grew up with is probably one of the hardest things to do. I agree. I, I, I love that. I love that you said like distinguishing between my highest self or my conditioning. That's, that's great. Okay, here is another one. Is it okay to be selfish sometimes? I want to say yeah. <laughs> yeah, because we're human. We're human. Yeah, I love it. Chrissy, tell us about what you're working on, how people can get a hold of you, uh, how people can work with you if they like what they heard today. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to share. So I work one-on-one -on -one with clients in my private practice in Encinitas. Um, I also do online uh, virtual sessions and I also do coaching. So if you're out of California and you're like, I really want to work with her, I offer coaching. I have a specific embodiment coaching package that I do with people and uh, have a course that goes with that and a workbook so that you really have tools to utilize when you're even not working with me. 
And one of the things I'm really excited about is a women's healing trip. I take, I do one every year now. Last year was Costa Rica, and this mm -hmm. year is Paris to Provence. And so I'm working with a wonderful trip planner. Her name is Lauren Kennedy, and she's from London. And so she's planning this really dreamy women's trip. And we're gonna stay in Chateau, and we're really going to see ourselves and heal those feminine wounds mm -hmm. through the archetype of Mary Magdalene, the Divine Feminine. Mm -hmm. So. We're gonna go to some of those sacred places in the Provence where she walked and went, um, and we're just gonna have fun. We're just gonna have fun and connect, and that's what's happening. It's May seventh through fourteenth this year. Sounds <laughs> wonderful. Yeah, come. And then, you come. <laughs> and then Chrissy's website is chrissypowers.com, and I'm I'm guessing people can get all of that information on your website. Yeah. If you're interested in the trip, it's not up. It's more just email me, and I'll give you the information. And so. Uh, but how to work with me and how to contact me is all on my website. And then you're at Chrissy J Powers. Chrissy is C-H-R-I-S-S-Y J Powers on Instagram. And then I also want to welcome anybody who's watching. We are talking about, is it self-care or selfishness? Uh, in my membership, my women's membership group this month, all month. So we have group coaching. We have discussions in a live Facebook group, lots of other good resources. So join us you can go to drjuliehangs.com slash membership to uh to join that if you want to dig into this uh self-care selfishness conversation a little bit more so christy thank you again for taking time out of your schedule to chat with me today i think it's been really helpful for people yes. who've been watching and listening and i just i'm grateful that you took the chance to chat today thank you so much for having me this was really fun Good, good. All right, take care, everybody. Okay, bye. Bye. Hi, friends. Have you ever thought of working with me as your personal coach? Well, I have a couple of openings for women in Utah or virtually all across the globe, and I would love to work with you. I'm a licensed therapist, and I've been specializing in women's emotional health and relationships for nearly 30 years and I've transitioned to doing personal coaching. I love it and I'm excited to work with you. I help women making career and life decisions, communication training, moving on after children have moved out of the home or after divorce, finding your passion in life or creating partnership in your marriage and family. I also work a lot with faith transitions and mixed faith marriages. I'm confident that I can help you create the life you love. I can't wait to work with you. And you can use code 150 OFF for $150 off priority coaching with me. Go to drjuliehanks.com slash coaching or email hello at drjuliehanks.com for more information. Again, that code is 150, so 150 OFF, O-F-F. talk to Dr. Julie Hanks about this question. Well, now's your chance. I want to have you on my podcast. So email hello at drjuliehanks.com with your question 
and the reason why you want to be on the podcast. And we may just choose you for a free coaching session.